0: Everybody here, All of you in here who made it, all of you. It's so good to see your faces and uh, just glad that you're here. All of you, I always wanna say hello to all of you who are also joining us live, watching wherever you're watching from. Just wanna make sure that that you are welcomed by us as well. And I know that Blair already welcomed you. Jason did as well. I wanna say hello to you too. Glad you're joining us as well. Uh, And today uh, we are kicking off a brand new series and I'm really looking forward to what we're gonna be doing. Uh, And we're gonna talk about that here in a second, but if you have your Bibles right now, right now, go ahead and grab those out there, grab them, get your electronics, open them up to Acts chapter 19. Acts 19, now, as you're getting there, Acts 19. Over the next four weeks, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about something that really a lot of us don't know enough about, but we should, and that is the Holy Spirit. We're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit, okay? And part of, part of why we're doing this uh, as a whole series, a four-week series, and not just kind of a one-message thing, uh, it actually, a lot of why we're doing it, is it came from a response that we had from you about this several years ago, uh, kind of came from that. Uh, a lot of you may remember a few years ago, we did a series called God Is. Uh, And what we did is we went through, the point of that series was to give you some truths of God uh, that we could actually see and tell you who God really is as opposed to what we've heard about or or what we thought about God. And that could really change just by knowing the truth of God, it could really change the relationship that you have with him. And one of the messages in that was God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, And what I did in that message is I spent about 95% of the time on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, And because it was just something I knew that we needed to know more about and we got a ton of responses from that message because honestly for a lot of us I think that's where we are is is when it comes to God I can get God the father I can kind of wrap my head around that and and God the son that one I can really get like I can understand Jesus Uh, but when it comes to Holy Spirit a lot of us just don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit And so here's where I wanna go really quick. Uh, Get get there to Acts 19. I wanna show you something that is gonna help us understand why we're gonna go uh, pretty deep in this uh, subject and help us see why this series is so important. So real quick, uh, let me set the scene here for Acts 19. So uh, where we're at and what's going on is the New Testament, in the New Testament, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, chronicle the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what he said, what he did, who he was, uh, and it chronicled all of that for us, okay? And then the next book, after that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the next book is the book of Acts. And what the book of Acts is, is it's an historical record uh, of the very first church of Jesus Christ. When he resurrected and when he ascended into heaven, we see the record of the first church. Actually, we're going to do a study on the book of Acts after Easter. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, but but here's what happens. In the book of Acts, the very first thing that we see in the book of Acts, right after Jesus ascends into heaven, is the Holy Spirit comes. In the very first chapter, the Holy Spirit comes. And, and then we also have Jesus, Before that, uh, especially in the book of John, he talks about in great detail about the Holy Spirit. He tells us a whole lot about him, and and so then, uh, so the disciples, the followers of Jesus, so they'd already heard about the Holy Spirit, they they knew a little bit about him from what Jesus said, and then they they really saw the Holy Spirit, they experienced the Holy Spirit, and so now where we are is we're in Acts chapter 19, and here's where we are in 19 chapters later. We are years and years away from that when the Holy Spirit first comes, but yet here's where some of the believers still are with the Holy Spirit. Let's pick this up here in Acts 19. Here's what it says. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus. So believers were like all over the region now. There are people who believed in Jesus, so they're splitting up to, to, to talk to them, to, to tell them a little bit more, encourage them to start churches. And so it says, on the coast where he found it, Paul found several believers in Jesus. And here's what he said. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so I find this interesting, I've been studying the book of Acts a little bit to get ready for this next series. I find this interesting because they believed in Jesus, like they were going to heaven, they had assurance of that salvation, they knew that, but they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And here's what, I think this still exists today. I think this exists today. I, actually, there are a lot of people who would probably say, hey, that's me. That's me, I believe in Jesus. I, I know I'm going to heaven. I, I have a pretty solid grip on that, but I'm not sure. Uh, I know the Holy Spirit exists, but I'm not sure anything past that. I know that the Holy Spirit exists. And here's the deal, I wanna bring you in. We're all, a lot of us are in the same boat. For me, that was true for me too. That was true for me too. Uh, so I became a Christian uh, in 1995. I was 17 years old and I really didn't know a whole lot about God. Uh, and so therefore, I did not know what to do with the Holy Spirit either. I didn't know what he was, who he was, what he had to do with Jesus at all. All I knew is that I believed in Jesus. He was real, uh, he was a real relationship that I had with him he, you know, and he became real. But I didn't know what to do with the Holy Spirit, just straight talk. And, and here's what I knew, I, I heard about the Holy Spirit uh, like I remember hearing about him when I went to church and I, there was something about him in the creed uh, that we would repeat uh, and I don't know why, but for me, I'm just gonna be honest with you, but for years and years, I just kept thinking of a ghost, like a real ghost and I would, it would freak me out, okay? Like I just, being honest with you, okay? Like there were nights where I would go to sleep and I was freaked out, I just couldn't. I just, all I was thinking was a sheet thing uh, hovering over me, no lie. And this is adult Andy I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being a kid. I was like in my 20s, scared of a ghost okay? And that's that's just where I was. I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past it, okay? I didn't know how or or how to relate to Holy Spirit or what to do with him. Uh, And and I just thought to me, Jesus was all I needed. Jesus was all I got. Jesus was all I needed. I was good. And really... This is a problem for a lot of Christians today, I think. This is where a lot of us are. I think for a lot of people, their knowledge of the Holy Spirit is based on what they hear and not really what the Bible says at all. And because I mean, really, just hearing Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, uh, th- that sets all kinds of things off in your head, right? Am I, am I right? Like It kind of sets some strange things off. If I, if I came up to you and said, hey, here's a ghost, here's a spirit, you want it? No thanks. That's what most of you would say. Honestly, you would say no thanks. I'd be like, yeah, but, but he's holy. I'm good, I'm good. That's where a lot of you would be. And, and that's, that's where, honestly, we're scared. A lot of us are scared or a little, a little freaked out about what we don't really know about. And so as a result of that, what many Christians do is we sort of stay at arm's length away from the Holy Spirit. We say we know he exists, but not really sure what to do with that. But here's what I wanna say, and this is the premise of the series that we're gonna be in. By doing that, just by even staying at arm's length away, we are missing out on a huge part of our relationship with God. So, I don't know where you are with this. I know we're in a lot of different places with the Holy Spirit, but I just wanna put this forward to all of us who are listening and watching uh, and here in this room. All I wanna ask for you is, if you're someone who would say that you're a Christian, but you're still kind of at arm's length from the Holy Spirit, here's all I would ask for you. I wanna ask you that you make a commitment over the next four weeks and just see what God does. Make a real spiritual commitment to this, to learn and and just hear about uh, the Holy Spirit, because I believe that God will do something. I believe he will reveal something to you about the Holy Spirit because here 's the thing about the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit has absolutely has a huge role to play a huge part to play with your life here on this earth and and as we go through this what we want to do is dispel some things that aren 't true that 's what I love doing i know that 's what Chad loves doing we want to dispel some of the things that we that just aren 't true that aren 't in the Bible but at the same time uh, allow you I just want to allow you oh my God I want you to receive what God has to offer you with the Holy Spirit, okay? And then for people who have had a good understanding, I know there's a lot of you here, you have a good understanding of the Holy Spirit. I want you to make a commitment to this as well because I think that this, as a result of this, you will get closer uh, in the relationship that you have with him already. I think you'll get closer. I think you're gonna get to another level of understanding with him as a result. So I think this is gonna be a good series wherever you're at uh, with the Holy Spirit, okay? So here's what we're gonna do today. Today, we're just gonna do a really simple thing. We are going to just answer two questions, two questions. And here are the questions that we're gonna answer. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? And the second question we're gonna answer is, what will he do? That's all we're gonna do today. And so here's what, how we're gonna get there. I wanna start, uh, if you wanna go and, and, and open your Bibles there, I'm gonna start by just looking at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says actually a lot about the Holy Spirit. And there are really two good places if you wanna do some study on your own. Two really good places to go is John chapter 14. You can open up there right now if you want to. And John chapter 16, okay? Those are two awesome places to go. Uh, and so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read all of this at once of what Jesus. Uh, completely says in these two chapters, actually it's the end of chapter 15 as well, kind of see what he says, and and then we're gonna talk about who he is and what he will do. All of it's in here, but I wanna read it first just to kind of get us the the breadth of this and kind of take this in, okay? And in both of these places, just so you know, in both of these places in John 14 and John 16, all of this is taking place right in the week uh, before Jesus dies on the cross. Okay, so just to get you up to speed on John 12, uh, that's where Jesus uh, comes into Jerusalem. In John chapter 12, he comes in getting ready uh, to be put to death on the cross. And then in John 13, uh, we see him wash the disciples' feet. And then they have what we know is the last supper uh, where, where, where he uh, gets everybody prepared for what he's doing. And then after that, uh, he starts to tell them what's gonna happen. And in chapter 14, he's not only telling them what's gonna happen, he's gonna tell them what's going to happen after this. And he's gonna tell them a little bit about the Holy Spirit. So let's pick this up. We're gonna be in John 14, verse 15, this is where Jesus talks a little bit about. Here's what he says to them He says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now we're gonna drop down a little bit to verse, oh, sorry, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later, will be in you. That's really important to see. Now we're gonna drop down to verse 26, and here's what he says in verse 26. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna go down to about the end of chapter 15. So there's a little bit of a gap. And so uh, for those of you who are inquisitive, which I know some of you are, it's like, well, wait, what happens if he's gonna talk about it in 16 and he already did well, what happens in chapter 15? Like what's in the gap? And so I'm glad you asked that question. Here's what's in the gap. Here's what's in chapter 15. Jesus tells him about the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper. And he, what he tells him in chapter 15 is what they're gonna do. He's like, here's what you need to do. He tells him about, hey, you need to follow me. Hey, you need to actually, you need to live your life to bring glory to God. You need to bear fruit in me. You need to come to a good and basic and a great understanding of God and, and life. And, and then he charges them to love one another really well. He goes, in fact, love everybody. The people are gonna know you by how you love. And so what he's saying as a result of this, he's like, you're not gonna be able to do this on your own. You're gonna need help. That's why I told you about the Holy Spirit. And then he reinforces it again here at the end of chapter 15, when he says, this is all that I want you to do. So 15:26. He says, but I will send you. So there you go. He goes, do all this. He goes, but I'm I'm gonna give you help. I'm gonna give you help. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the father and will testify about me. So then we're gonna go one more place. uh, Chapter 16, verse seven, actually two more places. He says this, he says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. He's getting them ready for what he's gonna do. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And then we're gonna go one more place, verse 13 and 14 in chapter 16. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Okay, so that's what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. I think he goes into pretty good detail about who he is and what he will do. Okay, so let's. I'm gonna take this down and just break this down a little bit. Go straight from what Jesus said. And so we're gonna look at who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? So if you're taking notes, go ahead and break those out. Here's the first thing we need to know about who he is. It's that he, I know this sounds a little weird. He is a him. All right, that's the first thing that we need to know about the Holy Spirit, that He is a Him. So uh, in the verses that we just read, there are, I think, 800 verses about the Holy Spirit or something like that, but in just these verses that Jesus shares with us about the Holy Spirit, the word He, Him, or Who, it shows shows up 16 times just in that. And so this is really, really important to understand because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, He's not some like cosmic force. He's not some like mystic power uh, that is out there. is a person. He has personal qualities. So so he has, what, what we'll read is he has emotions. He has intellect. He, he speaks transformational things to believers in Christ. He speaks truthfulness. So these are all qualities of a person and not some mystical force that is kind of just out there. And I think here's Here's where I think some folks, and even me growing up in this, when learning about this for the first time, where we get a little messed up uh, with this and and not see him as a person like we do with God the Father and God the Son, it's actually when you see the terms. And, And so in the Bible, there are two primary words that that they used for Holy Spirit in the original language. So in the Hebrew, uh, the word that every time you would see the Holy Spirit, it was this word ruach, ruach, okay? There's no way I'm pronouncing that right, but it's ruach, okay? And the word ruach, here's what it means. It means a wind or a violent exhalation. That's what, every time the Holy Spirit, that's the word ruach. And then in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, it was a Greek word, and the Greek word was pneuma, Pneuma, okay, and Pneuma kind of meant the same thing. It meant a current of air, a blast of breath or breeze, okay? So that's what it meant, but it was describing the Holy Spirit, they knew it was God. And so when the translators started looking at the original language and and translating it, they they couldn't really get a good grip of what to say. And so what they said is they said, we're going to translate it Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Uh, And then some actually also translated Holy Ghost, and that's just not a great word for us, everybody, right? We just don't, it's just the ghost word just kind of creeps us out. I don't know if it was just me, but I, that that's where I was. It messed me up a little bit, like I said. But, but here's what I wanna say, so these, are the descriptions, these are the descriptions of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, it's no different than how the Bible does it with God the Father and God the Son, it does the same way. Like when you look in the Old Testament, God the Father is described as a lot of things. You see Jehovah Jehovah Jireh, that he's my provider. That's how he's described. You see Jehovah Rapha, that he is the healer. So he's described the way. You see Jesus, Jesus is described uh, in the Bible as the Prince of Peace in the Old Testament. He's, he's also described as the Word in the book of John. So. Really no different in how the Holy Spirit is described, just like God the Father and God the Son. So anyways, just to get to my point. So he is a he, he is a he, not an it. That's one thing of who he is. Here's a second thing of who he is, is that he is God. He is God. We're just gonna come to a basic understanding of this, he is God. So uh, I wanna explain this. And uh, I don't want to insult your intelligence, really, but I also, here's the thing, I don't wanna presume that this is just understood. I don't wanna presume that, a lot, that, that some of you would just all get this all, okay? So here's what I wanna say really quick, just, just quickly. So there is a doctrine in Christianity that we believe as Christians called the Trinity, all right? The Trinity, and the Trinity is this, is where God exists as one God, one God with three distinct persons, okay? You have God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. All right. Now. This is a mystery. This is a mystery because this isn't saying that God is three different persons because that would mean that we have three gods, which we don't, all right? So that's not what it means. And it also is not saying, this doesn't mean uh, that that each one is a third of God, that that it's like sort of a third of God either. So all three persons, here's the thing, are each 100% God. They are all God, fully God all the time. And yet there's only one God, okay? Which some of you are still saying, I don't get it. I know that's why it's a mystery, everybody. That's why it's a mystery. And so here's here's what I wanna say about this uh, as we just establish who he is. Here's why I'm good with this. Here's why I'm good with the doctrine of the Trinity. One is I believe, just me personally, I believe if I knew every single thing about God, if I understood everything about him, I'm not sure I'm dealing with God. I just don't think I'm really dealing with a holy creator, God who made everything in the world, okay? Uh, Because God is God and I'm human and I'm okay not understanding fully Everything, and I'm just settled there. And I'm just gonna say some of you kinda just need to get settled there on some of the things that you still don't understand yet of God, because here's the second reason why I'm okay with this. The second thing which I love about God is God always makes a way for me uh, to connect dots even when I'm not in full understanding, even when I'm not like on that pay grade, right? When it's above my pay grade, he always helps me connect some dots with that too. I love that about God. And so uh, that's where we're at with that. He is God. So, and, and by the way, the Trinity is all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. It's, there, it's right there in Genesis one, the Holy Spirit's there in Genesis one. The Trinity is uh, when Jesus gets baptized, it's it's present there all over the Bible, okay? So he is a he, he is God. And here's a third thing that we need to know is that he is my friend. He's not weird, okay? He's not weird, I thought that was funny, all right? He's not weird, all right? It's okay to laugh in church. Man, I feel I feel the need to say this. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's, he's just not weird, but a lot of people think that because let's be straight, we've seen some weird people, all right, like that's, let's just be honest. I don't know how else to say this, but here's what I wanna say, okay? Here's the deal. Those weird people would still be weird without the Holy Spirit, everybody. It's not the Holy Spirit's fault. There's just weirdos out there. I don't know how else. To say it, all right. So and, and so again, um, it's. I think the Holy Spirit has kind of a branding problem, a because of people, but B. I think Satan actually does that. I think the enemy knows what he's doing there to make us feel a little distant, a little weird about the Holy Spirit. But he, but he has a bit. So he's not weird. He's not weird. He's our friend. We're gonna see this. He's our friend. The Bible says he's our advocate, he's our helper, he's our uh, comforter. So here's what I wanna say, don't be afraid. Don't put distance between you and the Holy Spirit because he can and will do many, many things for you. Okay, so those are the three things, that's who he is. Now what I wanna do is I wanna look at what he will do. So I wanna look at four specific things uh, that the Holy Spirit will do based on what Jesus said, okay? So number one, if you're taking notes, it's this, is that he will be with me. He will be with me. Here's what Jesus says. We already read, but I wanna see it again. It says this. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, listen to this, who will never leave you. So, what you need to know as a believer and a follower of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit is in you and he will never leave you. So the word for advocate, I love the word for advocate. Uh, the word for advocate is this, and again, I, I know I'm butchering It it's parakletos, parakletos, okay? And so here's what it actually means. Parakletos means one who is called to be alongside you and will never leave. That's what it means, one who is called to come alongside you always. And so here's what I wanna say. The Holy Spirit is always with you, not just a church, like not when you're just being real good or when you're helping that old lady across the street, all right, he is always with you all the time. All the time. I think some of you need to think about that a little bit, everybody. Uh, he's just always with you. And actually, not only do I think some of you actually need to think about that, but I also I feel like I need to tell you this. I think some of you actually need to think about the confidence of this truth in your life as well. I wanna challenge you in the confidence that he will never leave you. And because I think some of you believe, I think there are some people that believe that your behavior will remove the presence of God in your life and that you will not find that in scripture. You will not see that that's what Jesus said uh, because it doesn't remove. See, here's the thing, you may drift away from God. You may feel distant from God based on the sin in your life or what you're doing or the behavior that you have, that's true, but for believers in Jesus, you need to hear this, the Holy Spirit does not come and go in your life. He is always with you, he will never leave you, okay? He does not leave during spring break at Punta Gorda, okay? Like he is always, always with you, okay? He's always advocating for God for you. He's always helping you, he's always guiding you, he's always reminding you. I honestly, guys, I just think that's awesome to know. I think it's awesome to know, because my behavior does not dictate his presence in my life. I will feel distant when I'm not doing what God wants me to say, but he's like, "I am never far away from you. I just love the truth of what Jesus said. He will never leave you. So that's the first thing that he will do. Here's the second thing that he will do. He will teach me to know God. He will teach me to know God. So here's what Jesus says in John uh, 14. Again, I wanna just say it again. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Okay, so for me, uh, I don't know about you, but here's what I love about this. If Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there is something available to you. It's on the table to help you learn more about me, to help you understand a whole lot more about me, and to teach you and remind you of truth and help me get to where I know I need to be in this life. If that is offered, I am taking him up on that offer, okay? Like, I know me enough to know I need a little help to understand truth and get there. And so I'm just saying, I'll take him. I'll take him up on that. And he's saying, yeah, you can have that. You can totally have that. That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do. And here's the thing, over the next three weeks, that's what we're gonna talk about. I'm not gonna talk about this that much, but we're gonna do that over the next three weeks. We're gonna talk about how to be led by the Holy Spirit, to understand truth more, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. So we're gonna talk about more, how that works in the next three weeks. Here's a third thing. That he will do, he will convict the world. He will convict the world. Now, as you write that down or think about this, I, I would say I would say that a lot of Christians read this and believe something that's not all the way with what Jesus teaches, okay, what he actually says. And we're gonna look at this here in a second. Uh, because here's the thing. Um, there are a lot of people who believe that the Holy Spirit, for believers in Christ, that the Holy Spirit is here uh, to make me feel bad. Uh, it, it kind of like he's saying, oh, look at what you just did. I'm telling God on you. Like that's what a lot of people believe about. And here's the thing. Why wouldn't you keep that at arm's length, right? Why do you want somebody telling on you, right? Like that's where, but that's where a lot of us actually land. I'm gonna tell you where we get this from and how inaccurate it actually is, okay? That's not what the scripture teaches at all. I wanna show you where we get this from and how we get a little messed up on this, okay? And I'm not adding any words to this. I just want us to see what Jesus actually says is straight from the mouth of Jesus. So this is what he says in John 16, seven and eight. So he says, hey, listen, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away, for if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you, now here we go, but if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. See that up there for a second. So, so that's what he's saying. So now here's where I want you to come for a second with me. I want you to come with me here for a second, okay? Uh, here's what Jesus is saying. Right here, he is saying that the Holy Spirit will convict. We see it, he will convict, which is to mean that you are declaring someone guilty. And he is convicted, but he is very specific on who he is convicting, and it's the world. He is convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so if you look at this, and so then you're kind of thinking, yeah, but what's he mean by the world? Well, I'm glad you asked, because he actually goes into more detail about this to tell you exactly who the world is. And if you look at this, he's very specific on how this works, what the Holy Spirit's doing, that for each one of these, sin, righteousness, and uh, um, judgment, that there is a because attached to each one of these three things things right in the next verses, and it's, pri- here's the thing, everybody, it's primarily handling how the Holy Spirit uses us and, and does his thing to convict or convince the world or people who do not know Jesus yet. That's what this is saying, okay, of sin, righteousness, and judgment of Satan, that Satan doesn't win. Let's see what he says. Here's what he says. He says this in verse eight or verse nine. He says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. So is he talking to Christians about that? I don't think he is. He's saying they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And so here's what he's saying here. This is not, again, a lot of us think it's about living right, being right. No, he's saying, no, you, you're not right. You will never be right. I am your righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. I become your righteousness. That's what he's convicting the world of, that I, you're not gonna be good enough. You can't earn your way to heaven. Uh, and then concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Who's he talking about there? You. Satan, he's talking about the enemy. And there was a day, there's, when Jesus died on the cross, he condemned Satan, the enemy, uh, to judgment forever. That's what he is saying. Okay, so, he, and, and here's the thing, here's how people read this, this is, and it's a little weird, but I get it, I understand where we go, but this is what people see when they read something like this, or when they hear something about that, is that as a believer, as a believer, the Holy Spirit is here to tell me that I'm a terrible person, that I'm not living right, and God's gonna get me. Based on this. This is what they believe, that is a believer, But that is not what Jesus is saying. That's not what he's getting at. That's not what he's getting. He is, here's what Jesus is saying to us. Here's what he's saying to everybody really who's listening. He is saying that the Holy Spirit is here to convict me, to convince me that I need a savior that I need a savior, and that once I surrender my life, once I come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, that he becomes my righteousness, that I'm not right in front, that he makes me right. And then as a result of that, that Satan no longer has dominion over me, that there is a power I have in me that can conquer sin and death because I have Jesus in me and the Holy Spirit is on me. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you. That's what he wants to guide you in and lead you in and help you. So you have to catch this. You have to catch this. The Holy Spirit's role in the life of a believer, not the world, we just saw what his role is in the world, is to point you to the way of life, is to point you in the right direction. He wants to redirect your life to something that's better for us. That's a, that's a positive thing. That's who He wants to be in your life. And, and here's what I wanna challenge you. I want you to read this on your own. Read this yourself. Because the only place that you will see the word convict and the Holy Spirit together is right there. You won't see it anywhere else. And it's specifically dealing with the world of people who do not know Jesus. And everywhere else, here's where you're gonna see the Holy Spirit and how He deals with us as believers. He's an advocate, He's a helper, He is a counselor. It's, it's something amazing to see. So, so now, before I lose some of you, All right, before I lose some of you, let me ask you this. So then, does the Holy Spirit make a believer in Christ aware of sin? Yes, He does, He absolutely does. Does the Holy Spirit lead me to repentance? Absolutely he does, but listen to me, it's not through condemnation, it's through the assurance of the salvation that you already have. you see the difference, everybody? He, because if we look at it the first way, we don't understand all of scripture because there is a place in scripture that says there is no condemnation for those of us in Christ. So how does that like, sort of jive with him saying that he will judge us and convict us and that we're wrong and we're sentenced to death? That's not true in our lives. He will make us aware of sin. He will point us in the right direction. And so we have the Holy Spirit. He he makes us aware through pointing us to saying, oh man, no, no, that's not who you are. Like that's who you are. That's what he does. He encourages and he reminds us of Jesus and he says, man, so then repentance comes from this place, not of condemnation or guilt, but it comes from this place of of, of the assurance of Jesus and saying, oh man, like I have your forgiveness. I have your assurance. And, And so here's the thing. There is a Huge distinction, in my opinion, between those two things. The Bible says that for believers in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. The Holy Spirit will lead believers to assurance not guilt. Does he condemn me? Does he declare me guilty? No. Does he make me aware of my sin? Absolutely he does. He doesn't want you to be going that way. He knows that it'll wreck your life. And we need that in our lives, everybody. We need it in our lives. I know I need that in my life. I need the Holy Spirit helping me and telling me because I don't know about you, but like Satan doesn't like uh, have sin like with this big neon sign going, hey, come on over here, it'll wreck your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, he's very hidden in it. And it's very, sometimes it's like real hard to see how sin kind of pops up and the Holy Spirit's there to help me and guide me and and get me through and he helps us in that assurance, okay? Uh, Which leads me to that repentance that I have because of the assurance, not the condemning thing that we think. Which takes me to the fourth thing that he will do. He will help me. He will help me. So in the life of a believer, who lives by the Spirit, here's what he will do. It's awesome, just see what Jesus says. And again, I wanna challenge you, just look and look at what Jesus says. He will, the Holy Spirit will counsel you. He will guide you, he will lead you, he will direct you, especially uh, at times when you don't know what to do. He will absolutely guide you if you let him. He will, he will help you with things to say. More importantly for me, he will help me with things that I should not say in the moment, right? Like there are times where I'm getting ready to say something, he's like, I would not say that if I were you, Andy, right? And I'm like, ooh, thank you, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what he can actually do. Check this out in John 16. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. How do we know if we're being led and guided by the Spirit? Jesus just tells us here. How you know the Holy Spirit is helping you and not you or anything else, the first thing the Holy Spirit will guide you to is the truth every time. And here's what the truth is, it's God's Word every time. He will never counsel you to do something that is counter or against what God's Word already says. And one of the things that I'm realizing in my life, I don't know about you, is the, the older I get with kids I have and the family that I've been blessed with, the older I get, uh, the more I see how the decisions don't just affect me, but people I really love and people I really care about, and it just shows me that, man, if he's offering me this help, man, I wanna take it, because I wanna take my life seriously. I wanna take my God really seriously, and if Jesus is saying, this is what the Holy Spirit will do, man, I wanna take him up on that offer, not just a little bit, not just an arm's length, everybody, fully, fully, because of what's on the table in my life. Man, I I wanna steer my wife in the best way. I wanna steer my kids in the best way. I wanna love people as best as I can. And I'll take all the help I can get. And Jesus is saying, here's what Jesus is saying. You can read it for yourself again. That the key to doing that is allowing the Holy Spirit in and letting him guide you and help you and put you in the right direction. Uh, There's a verse that has slowly become my life verse. It's in the book of Isaiah. I love it. Uh, And it's really pointing to the Holy Spirit. It's Isaiah 30, 21. And here's what it says. It says, your own ears will hear him. Man, right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Like, that's what I want to attain with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be at arm's length. I want him to be all the way in with me because that's the role that he wants to play with me. That's the kind of relationship that he wants with me because of what's at stake in my life. I, I want to take that seriously. And I hope that you do too. So now, now, We know a little bit about the Holy Spirit. We know who He is, Uh, we know what He will do, and hopefully uh, you're gonna wanna know Him a little bit more, and and so here's what I wanna do. So over the next three weeks, let's take some steps in getting to know Him better, and see how this relationship could not just be sort of known, but actually uh, really moving in your life, okay? Uh, And and that's where we're gonna go, that's what we're gonna cover over the next three weeks. So here's what we're gonna cover. We're gonna cover uh, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're gonna talk about how to be filled. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I think, I think the enemy's taken that a little bit from us in Christianity. I think we've taken one little thing and like really twisted it, but I'm we're gonna talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit over the next three weeks. I think it's gonna be really good. I think it's gonna be very helpful for some of us. And I wanna end with this. Here, here's what I'll end with. Here's our goal. I don't know if you ever, it, like here's our goal. Everybody who's following Jesus, here's our goal. Our goal is to be more and more like Jesus. Right, that's our goal. My goal is to be more and more like Christ. And so the Holy Spirit comes uh, when we experience salvation. He comes into us, Jesus said he will be in us and he is who leads us and guides us and helps us and advocates on behalf of God for us to become more and more and more like Jesus. That's a huge thing to know. And every single one of you who has a saving relationship with Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit in you. That's good to know that he doesn't leave you He's right beside you. He's guiding you, he's helping you, he's advocating for you. And here's the Bible's prayer for you. Here's the Bible's prayer for you. Second Corinthians 13, I love this, this is what Paul prayed. That the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Trinity, one more time. Guys, that's where I want us to be. That's where I wanna be in my life. The Bible's prayer for you is that you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that you're not just aware of him, but that you become so close and intimate with God, the Holy Spirit, who wants to help you on this earth, man. And that's where I want us to go. Let's pray. I feel a need, as we're praying, as just eyes closed, just thinking through this and maybe asking the Holy Spirit to talk to you. I just feel the need to, to say that maybe some of you here have not yet experienced the Holy Spirit yet because you don't have a saving relationship with God through what Jesus did for you. So I wanna just walk you through that as we're thinking through this. Right now, you're thinking about that. Some of you are, and, and what I'm telling you is that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. <laughs> that, that's where it really works of, of the sin and righteousness and, and, and the judgment that could be happening without Jesus being in your life. And here's what I want you to know about God, he loves you, he made you, he wants to be in a right relationship with you. He will never ever stop loving you, he will never give up on you, he loves you so much. And for some of you right now, this is the opportunity for you to come into a saving relationship with him finally in your life. You've heard about Jesus, you know a little bit about this, you've never made that decision. You just straight up, you just need to receive Jesus, right now. He died for you. He died for your sin, and He died for what is actually making you dead And he's gonna exchange that with his death to make you live, to make you right. He made it personal with you. So if you're here and you haven't surrendered your life uh, to Jesus, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. You don't need to stand up or walk forward or anything like that uh, to receive this gift of forgiveness and mercy, but you do need to acknowledge a few things. And and I wanna pray for you and and to allow you to have that time to acknowledge this and help you take the step to have your sins forgiven, to be in a right relationship with God who made you and loves you. So if you've never done that, and there's something in you nudging you to do that. Listen, again, that's the Holy Spirit right there. He's telling you, man, this is what you gotta do. He's convincing you this is it. This is time for you to come to a saving relationship with God through Jesus. So we could pray this if you're ready to do that just in your heart or however you wanna do it. God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today I receive that gift. I accept that I need forgiveness of my sin for living my way, not your way. And today I turn from that life, I repent from that life of sin and I turn to you. I turn to life and forgiveness. I fully surrender to you. Change me, make me new. I give you my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in my life. God, thank you for anyone who prayed that prayer. Thank you for the forgiveness you give. It is awesome. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you do, that you enter in. You enter into us uh, through the saving relationship that we have with Jesus. Now you are living in them who just prayed that prayer that you give power to live the new life that you just gave them. And God, now for all of us, we thank you for your breath. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you do and the work that you do in us. And I pray that as we learn more about you, that we wanna be closer and closer to you as a result of this series, a result of this study that we do on our own. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us here this morning at River Ridge Online. My name is Jason and I would love the opportunity to connect with you. We are so glad that you made the choice to join us this morning here at River Ridge and we're all about connections. So I would love again the chance to connect with you. The easiest way to do that is to visit riverridge.tv slash online connect to fill out that short form. If you're new to River Ridge, this is just a simple chance for us to get to know who you are and where you're from. We'd also love the chance to be praying for you, so make sure to include that on the form. You can also engage with us by visiting us on our social media channels. We're active on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Really, our mission is to help you take your next steps in your journey with God. So if there's anything I can do to support you in taking those steps, taking that next step in your faith journey, please feel free to reach out to me, jasonhager at riverridge.org. We hope to see you right here next week.